Welcome to HeyYA Extra Credit. Every other week opposite the main HeyYA podcast, we bring you a short form podcast with backlist recommendations, themed book lists, news, or other things you need to know about the YA world. I'm Sarah Hannah Gomez, and I am recording on Sunday, January 17th, 2021. This week, I really wanted to talk about audiobooks in the YA world, and I couldn't think of a better person to talk to than Emily Blazer. Emily is a public librarian, and she just finished a year of service on Yalsa's Amazing Audiobooks Committee. So welcome, Emily. Thank you. I'm so excited to be here. Yay! Yay! So it's funny because you I made it sound like you're just a person who's a guest, but actually we're like besties from yes. like 10 years ago, I think we met. It is. Oh my gosh. Oh, like man. our 10 year anniversary now. <gasps> oh, how perfect. Yes. We met in Boston at Simmons College for our master's program and we fell in best friend love when we went to a museum and oh. saw a painting and it reminded us of a movie and we both started singing the song from the movie out of nowhere. And I was like, this is my friend soulmate. Definitely. I love it. Yes. A great friend meet cute or we'd already met, but you know, right. Like the, that moment when, you know, it was, it was a beautiful friendship romance, how we had our awkward, like, do you want to eat lunch again this Monday? Like we did last Monday. Do you, do you, maybe, maybe do you want to have lunch? Yeah. It took us a while to be like, Oh, right. This is the thing we're both doing. Like, it's not just weird people. Like, right. Yeah. Like we're in it. Yeah. yeah. This is this is just Monday. We have lunch yes. and we go to a museum <laughs> or do our homework. That's you, because I was always finishing those papers before class. That was the like first and last time in my life that I was a person who did homework before the hour before it was due. So those were the days, man. Right. Not since, uh, not before, just the first no. semester of grad school. Yes. Oh. <sighs> Anyway, so (laughs) I am so excited to talk about audiobooks today, Emily. But before we do, I do want to thank our sponsor. Our sponsor for this week is All the Stars and Teeth and All the Tides of Fate, both by Adeline Grace. According to Entertainment Weekly, if an epic sea fantasy filled with strange pirates and vengeful mermaids speaks to your interest, well, we may have found your favorite book ever. The New York Times bestselling duology from Adeline Grace is coming to a stunning conclusion. Amora has conquered a rebellion and taken her rightful place on the throne. As she tries to balance her loyalty to her people, her crew, and the desires of her heart, she will soon discover that the power to rule might destroy her. Don't miss this electrifying fantasy, perfect for fans of Stephanie Garber's Caraval and Sarah J. Moss's Throne of Glass series. And that's All the Stars and Teeth and All the Tides of Fate by Adeline Grace. Thanks for sponsoring today's extra credit. Tell people about Amazing Audio. So what does the committee do? What did you do? Why are you on it? How did you get on it? All that. Perfect. So it's through the Young Adult uh, Library Services for for young adults. Yeah, I said that already. Oops. And through ALA. And I applied to be on it because I listen to a lot of audiobooks, which is great. And the nice thing about this committee versus, you know, like the Prince or the Morris is that you get to like blog about it during the year. So it's not like as super secret. So it's on the hub blog and we listen to a bunch of stuff. I think like collectively we listened to like four, we considered 400 titles, I think. Oh my God. And then narrowed it down to like 140 or so nominations and then like a final list of 81 with 
a top 10. So that was super exciting. I did not do a ton of blogging, but I did a lot of listening and I listened. (laughs) I, yeah, I was quarantined for 12 days and I listened to like 20 audiobooks because I was like, well, this is, this is what I have to do now, I guess. This is why it happened at this time because I have so many audiobooks to listen to. I listened to a lot of audiobooks before this, but uh, this year, I think I listened to around 150, which wasn't, or last year still new I'm forgetting this it still just feels like 2020 though 2021 doesn't really have any different energy at all yeah we just slid into it yeah and it was fun because I got to listen to a bunch of different stuff that I normally wouldn't like I think I listen to a lot of like speculative fiction on audiobook normally so but you know it forced you to kind of listen across genres and YA which was nice and stuff that I wouldn't normally listen to I'm very impressed. I did that committee a while ago. And I think you in in like a year that you're not on amazing audio listened to more audiobooks than I did on my amazing (laughs) audio year. It's a skill, man. Aural literacy is a thing. And just like it took me a long time to like learn how to read a graphic novel. You can't just like sit down for an audiobook and be like, whatever. Yes. I mean, you can't, but like, it's not the same as like, no, listening intently. No, I was thinking about that too. Like I definitely had to train myself to listen to audiobooks. Like I start, like now if I need to, I can sit down and like just listen to it for a little bit. But when I first started, I always had to be like going for a walk or washing my dishes or driving somewhere. Like, and it, I had specific things that I like to listen to, like nonfiction or speculative, like, but now I can listen to anything and anywhere, but it definitely took, it was a skill. Yeah. You had to develop. Yeah. Yeah, it took me a long time to listen to fiction as audiobooks. It really wasn't until Amazing Audio. I'm definitely a nonfiction person, partly because I figure if I zone out, it's a topic that I probably wouldn't have like 100% understood anyway. So like if I learn 80% of like econ, cool. That's still more than if I had not listened to this at all. So Mary Roach books were, I think, the first audiobooks that I was like, oh, this is how great they can be. Yeah, I definitely listened to one of those ones. They're so good. Yeah. And I do remember listening to The Babysitter's Chain Letter back in the day. (laughs) Um, And The Babysitter's Remember. No, I had the book The Babysitter's Chain Letter because it was like a cool kind of Jolly Postman style. Mm -hmm. The Babysitter's Remember was like a super special Babysitter's Club. And I listened to that. And I listened, I still remember Anastasia Krupnik because at the end of Every chapter, the lady would be like, things I love, da, da, da. And she would say like, Washburn Cummings, crossed out. My grandmother, (laughs) crossed out. My grandmother, not crossed out because she was always changing her mind about stuff. And I guess, you know, an audiobook is good when, I mean, I listened to that probably in like 1996 and I can still tell you about it. (laughs) That's fantastic. Right. I should see if I can track those down on Libro.fm or something. Right. So. Yeah. But anyway, we're going to talk about newer things and things that are neither Mary Roach nor the Babysitter's Club, but (laughs) YA, (laughs) because that's what this show is about. (sighs) So I figured we could just kind of volley back and forth talking about the books we like. Do you want to tell us about one first? Sure. First, I will talk about We Are Not Free by Tracy Chi, which I really loved. Most of the books I'm talking about are ones that were on our list, either the top 10 or the long list. This one was top 10, and it's about 14 Japanese-American teens during World War II who were sent to a Japanese internment camp in the U.S., and it was done, and it's kind of like 
interconnected short stories, which is fun. So it kind of gives you a really broad look at what life was like in those camps and the different experiences they could have. And this actually had like a full cast of narrators. I think it was 12 narrators. I looked it up and it was great. And I was also, most of them were also Japanese American too. And one of them was actually Tracy Chi's cousin. Cool. Yeah. I know I was doing a deep dive because I just wanted to know things. And one complaint about audiobooks is that they oftentimes don't like give you a lot of information on who's narrating or in a book like this, tell you like, hey, this is who voiced this character and all that kind of stuff. So I had to do some research, but it was great. They should do that. That's weird that they don't. Yeah. Yeah. Cause they'll have like, this is blah, 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 by blah, 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 read for you mm-hmm. by so-and-so. But yeah, they should do a like, hi, I play Joey or something. Right. And I think I've listened to a few full casts where they'll be like, this person voiced character A, this person, and then ensemble with, but especially because it's, you know, 14 interconnected short stories. And so each character there, I think there may have been a couple overlapping narrators, but for the most part, it was, you know, one one narrator to one character. So like, I want, I want to know who was who in case I want to, because normally I'm just playing a game of like looking up all of the narrators on overdrive and trying to go oh yeah I heard you before that's that's why your voice is familiar like you were this person got it now that's true some voices are really distinct yes I was doing the dishes the other day and my parents my parents watch a lot of like cop and mystery shows but Mm -hmm. unlike me with law and order they you know get considered artsy because they watch them in like French or from England And I heard something and I was like, wow, that sounds like Omar Sy, but maybe it's just because like, I don't really, you know, hear a lot of French. And it was. And apparently this is a show that is so popular that all of Black Twitter was like obsessed. And I was like, oh my God, my parents are like cooler than I am and also blacker than I am, which is funny because I'm black and my parents are not. But (laughs) I love Omar Sy (laughs) and he's great in English and in French. So now I need to catch up and start watching. I think it's it's Le Pen, but I don't know if it's Le Pen like rabbit or some okay. other thing because, you know, French, lots of words sound the same. Like how you can say don ta 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 and that means inside your tent, your aunt waits for you. Huh. I did not know that. Like buffalo, 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 buffalo. Perfect. Which is also a full sentence. It's weird. I forget what that concept is. I'm going to have to look it up. It's like a linguistics thing, but every language has some of them, but... Yeah, depending on where you put the capital letters, Buffalo, 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 Buffalo is a full sentence. Buffaloes from Buffalo who are buffaloing other buffaloes. That's wild. Yes. And has nothing to do with audiobooks. I'm sorry. (laughs) Still fascinating. (laughs) Right. So voices, memorable. Agree. Yes. So my first one is going to be a surprise to precisely zero people, I think. And it's The Poet X by Elizabeth Acevedo. And she also did the audio. This was like my first encounter with her because it was her first book and it came out during my amazing audiobooks year. So I was like, oh, well, that sounds cool. And like, you know, even if I don't know why I'm, I signed up for this committee, like I seem ill qualified, but maybe then that makes me you know, maybe it's good to have someone who isn't already an audio person to like listen to audiobooks and say how compelling they are for a non-audio person. But I was like, well, poetry by a slam poet seems to make sense to be an audiobook, like even more so than a written one. And yeah, I know authors sometimes like have to audition for their own books. It's not just a like given that they get to read them, but oh, she is 
incredible. It is so good. It's this like super feminist book and it's written in verse and it's about a girl who is, you know, kind of writing poems to get through her life. She has a twin brother and her mom kind of has these, you know, very gendered expectations about what her two teen children should do and not do. So the main character, Siomara, is kind of struggling with that. And poetry is one of her ways out. And of course, her family is like, no, do something useful. But oh, it's amazing. And now I'm like, I really should do more poetry audiobooks because kind of like reading a play versus watching a play or doing a play. Like, why would you read it, though, unless you're the director making notes? for when you go talk to your actors. So that's The Poet X by Elizabeth Acevedo. I loved that one too. And had you not talked about The Poet X, I was going to talk about Clap When You Land, which she's also one of the narrators for. And it was that was also one of our top 10 books. And there were parts where you're like, you can tell that she has that like slam poetry background because you're like, this was written to be read out loud. It's so good. Yeah, yeah. I read that, but I didn't listen to it and I might have to have to pick it up again as an audiobook. It was great. And it's going to be a show. <gasps> That's super exciting. It's going to be a TV show. It sounds amazing. I can't wait for that. I know. Like, thank you to all the boys for making, like, diverse YA seem really, I mean, it was always viable for screen, but now it appears viable for people who don't really care about diversity or YA. So hooray for that. Yes, I will watch it all. So my next book is Legendborn by Tracy Dion, which also would be, I would love to watch this as a TV show, just if anybody is listening and wants my take on that. (laughs) And it's fantasy. Uh, Brie is going, she's African-American and her mom just died. And she is doing like an early college summer program at UNC in Chapel Hill. And she and her friend go to a party on the first night and they're not really supposed to be leaving campus. And she sees something weird. Like there's like a monster. And then this strange boy who calls himself a Merlin tries to take her memory away, but she remembers it later. And it kind of triggers something about when her mom died, there was also a Merlin who talked to them in the hospital and then took the memory away. And this was narrated by Jonice Abbott Pratt, who was great and not someone I had listened to before. And I think we ended up with like six of her books on our list, which is awesome. So that's, I don't know, that's exciting to like listen to someone new and have them be great. And this book has like Arthurian legend going and she's kind of finding out her own magic. And then also just like one of the best looks at kind of how racism impacts like institutions and particularly like, you know, like she's at UNC, which was in the South and it's a secret society too. I forgot to mention that and how the, they could only have the secret society, like because they're repressing other people. So weird how that happens. I know. Shocking. Shocking. I'm shocked. Yeah. Hot take. Yes. And, but it was really good. And it was like almost 19 hours. And I was like, I will listen to every minute of this, which yes. I knew it had vague Arthurian whatever. And I was like, I don't know if it's like Avalon High or a kid in King Arthur's court, which I know is based on like Twain or something, but who cares? I only want to watch a kid in King Arthur's court. Absolutely. Yes. Because there's baseball and Kate Winslet. Exactly. I know. And I've read a fair amount of like YA with Arthurian stuff going on, but this, it was so good. And I cannot wait for the sequel. (gasps) 
Thank yes. you for letting me know there's going to be a sequel. I yes. have things about sequels, but I also know that I need to read this and it's like 500 pages, but you should just listen to the audiobook because it was great. Good to know. Okay. My next book is Buried Beneath the Baobab Tree and it's by Adalbi Trisha Nwabani and it was narrated by Viviana Matza. So trigger warning for people. It definitely, there's, there's some violence here. It is inspired by, not in the sense of being inspiring, but just literally like the spark is the Boko Haram kidnappings. So this one is a girl whose name we don't learn, but she is one of the girls who's kidnapped by Boko Haram. And so she just goes through the whole experience. I mean, it's there are elements that make it seem kind of like a cult where they're trying to brainwash them. There are just elements of like violence and of you have to think this way or else you have to convert or else. So there's a lot of kind of psychological violence and physical violence. But, you know, this girl throughout it all is like, no, I still I am going back. I'm not going to let this take over my entire psyche. I'm going to go home one day. I'm going to finish school. I'm going to get a great job. She was about to, you know, she was likely to win a big scholarship for college. And she's like, you know, I'm not going to pass that up. I'm going to go back and I'm going to win that scholarship. And she's with one of her best friends who's also kidnapped. And she's watching her best friend really, I mean, not in a It's not like, you know, she's weak for, you know, responding to that. The whole point of, you know, compelling kidnappers and cult leaders is that they're compelling. But her friend is kind of like bowing to that pressure, um, partly because some of that is convert or you die. So some of it's self-preservation and some of it is just being susceptible to suggestion or adhering to things for survival reasons. I mean, those are all valid. But our narrator is like, no, she's going to do the bare minimum of what they want so that she can stay alive. But she's watching, you know, her friend like become lost to her because her friend is kind of deeper in that. So it's a hella depressing book, but it is really beautiful. And um, it's also written in not verse, I don't think. I mean, I didn't actually look at the pages because I was listening to it, but definitely little vignettes. So if you need like breaks from it, I think it kind of gives you a lot of breathing space or, you know, you can pause it for a bit um, and put it down. I was looking at my Goodreads review of it and I said, the vignette style will bring to mind books like The House on Mongo Street. And honestly, I think this could replace that in many curricula and be a little more current and relevant. I think I stand by that. House on Mongo Street is fine, but this definitely has a more contemporary bent to it in that same kind of feel as far as literary qualities. So that's Buried Beneath the Baobab Tree by Adalbi Trisha Nwabani. Awesome. Okay, so my next book is Cemetery Boys by Aidan Thomas, and it was narrated by Avi Roquet, and it was so good. So good, guys. I think about it all the time, but it's own voices and Aiden is trans and so is Yadriel, the main character. And he is, his family are brujos and brujas. And he has been told that his father has not let him kind of do his initiation ceremony because he is trans and they're worried about how like the gendered magic is going to work. And so he and his cousin take it into their own hands and he's going to do the ceremony anyway. And then he has a cousin that goes missing and he's trying to like do a ceremony to find his cousin. But instead he has the ghost of Julian, who is 
this like guy that he knows from school who's kind of a bad boy and they have to figure out what's happening and all while they're in the background getting ready for Dia de los Muertos and it's the first year since Yadriel's mom has died so he's like wanting to see her it was really great the narrator is also trans and Latinx which is awesome to see that they're like doing that level of detail also with narrators it's literal own voices exactly (laughs) yes yeah this was the book that like I never knew that I really wanted to read until I got it and I was like this is this is everything I love romance and magic and a fun mystery there you go yeah yeah I didn't really know there was a mystery part to it but that's also been sitting on my physical shelf as a physical book but yeah sometimes you just want to go for the audio instead my next pick is actually four books it's the finishing school series by Gail Carriger so I had been hearing about her for forever she was like very popular at our library school yes super I feel like there were so many like presentations on her and (laughs) like everyone was talking about her and I just hadn't listened. And I was like, Oh, she did a YA. Like, let me try that. And I just love the whole premise. Like it's this girl who, you know, you have your kind of typical setup of like, she's a tomboy and doesn't want to be feminine. And I was a little like, cause it's possible to like, like skirts and also sports. And I don't like that split. And she gets recruited into finishing school and she's like, oh, finishing school. But it turns out it's finishing school. Like they're going to learn how to finish people, like how to murder people. It's so great. And that's how I learned why everyone loves Gail Carriger. She's so funny. And it's steampunk, which I actually had only, I think I had read like one other steampunk ever. So I was also very behind in that especially being in library school, because it's kind of like entering library school without having seen Buffy, which I did, and then finally watched Buffy. And so it's um, this girl, Sophronia, and then she goes to the school. You have, it's in a, is it dirigible or dirigible? That's a great question. So it's in one of those. I've heard it both ways. Okay, so it's in a dirigible. It's a school in a balloon. And there is a werewolf who's one of the teachers. And instead of everyone being afraid of a werewolf, he's like super hot. So they all have a crush on him. And there's a vampire teacher. And there's kind of like the prefect girl who's really stuck up and seems like she meant to go to like finishing school, finishing school. But it's so funny throughout because they do rag on her for being terrible at curtsying. But then it's like, but also you need to know how to use a knife. So, and the narrator is more a quirk through all four books. And she is so good at accents. I mean, she does like the Scottish accent, the English accent. She's, oh, she is so, so good that I will, I will gladly read any of the phone book if she wants to read it. I will listen to the phone book. So it's hilarious. It's actually kind of diverse. There is a boy who works in like the the steam room. Is that what it's called? He's like a coal yeah. shoveler. I'm thinking of Titanic. Them, That's my reference point for how yeah. like steam engines work. They call them sooties. Sooties, yes. Yeah. Yes. So yeah, no, I anytime someone says like steam engine or steam room or coal room, I think of Jack and Kate running through it when they're trying to escape Lovejoy. Oh, we are so old, Emily. It's great. But anyway, it's a great series. And the fact that they're all published made me even happier because I don't like starting series and then having to wait. So they are such a fun ride. I highly recommend all of them. The first one is called Etiquette and Espionage, and it's by Gail Carriger. I love those two. And I will also listen to anything that Mortal Quirk narrates. Like, even if I'm 
only marginally interested. I'm like, oh, okay, I'll do this. Right. She does seem oh, like one of those so people good. where you're like, if you liked it enough to take the job. <laughs> sure. Let's do this. Yeah. All right. So my next, I'm talking about The Extraordinaries by TJ Klune, and it is narrated by Michael Leslie. And so The Extraordinaries is about the world with superheroes. And Nick Bell, our main character, is like a huge superhero fanboy. He writes fan fiction where he is like the thinly veiled love interest of his favorite superhero, um, Shadowstar. And it's like very popular online. And he lives in the same city and he kind of somehow encounters him by chance and like is like, this is it. We're going to fall in love. I'm going to make this happen. And Nick has ADHD. And so he oftentimes is like, you know, talking, getting himself in trouble because he's talking without really thinking it through or just doing things without actually having a good plan. And he's a little bit oblivious with, which is charming, but, <laughs> and his friends around him, like, cause it's a superhero book. And there are things where you're like, Nick, I know, I know what's happening here and you don't like, uh, you're, you're going to figure it out. It'll be okay. And there's another Shadow Star's arch nemesis is Pyrostorm and things are kind of escalating between the two of them. And Nick keeps kind of putting himself in there and trying to figure out what's happening. The narrator is excellent. Like all the voices he does are super funny and they're kind of over the top, but it really works for this like superhero story. It feels kind of like, you know, old school Batman with like Biff Bam Pow. <laughs> and they actually put in like sound effects and do, which makes it a very cool experience. But yes, it's great and it's queer and awesome. Hooray. Biff Bam Pow. Love it. My next pick is definitely not as fun as a superhero <laughs> book. It's The Lines We Cross by Randa Abdel Fattah. And it's narrated by two people because it's a dual perspective book. Um, so it's Tim Pocock and Candace Mull. And it is about uh, Michael and Mina, I guess in the in Australia where it was originally published, it was called When Michael Met Mina or When Mina Met Michael, one of those. But it changed when it came to the US. So Michael is just your typical like kind of high school kid who, you know, does high school things, plays sports with his friends, like has crushes on girls, all that. And he usually just kind of likes to live his life, but occasionally his parents drag him to like meetings and rallies and they are very anti-immigrant, anti-refugee, anti-like they're, they're make Australia great again, folks. You know, that's like what he's known his whole life because they're his parents. And he's like sometimes a little uneasy, but also just kind of goes with it. And, you know, you, you know what you grew up around. So he's like, this is kind of weird, but you get the idea that half of that is just teens being embarrassed of their parents by virtue of them being parents, whether or not they're good people. But then he meets Mina, who is a Muslim refugee from Afghanistan. And that's when things get a lot more complicated. You have your typical romance setup of, you know, enemies that maybe will be something more because they definitely do not like each other. She is, you know, kind of in his eyes and in the eyes of his parents from the wrong side of the tracks. And they don't like her by virtue of being a refugee, but also because she's Muslim and they're not super fond of even Australian Muslims. And they go to school together. So they have these kind of class differences and um, political differences. And it's just about them both learning how to have their own ideas independent of the adults in their lives and learning how to maybe get along or at least to not like totally hate each other. So 
Both of the narrators are really good. I listened super carefully to this one because I was actually proofreading it, which was fun. So I got to you know read the PDF while I was listening to it and make sure there were no inconsistencies. And it's, yeah, it demands that kind of detailed listening, not that you have to read it at the same time, but definitely takes thoughtful listening, but it feels very realistic. You know, the parents aren't caricatures, they're angry. I don't personally like them, but they don't feel like that kind of like black and white, good and evil. Like they're definitely realistic people who you might not have empathy for, but you can at least like understand how they became the way they are. And yeah, I'll give them some props for that. So it's a really, really good book. Highly recommend. And that is The Lines We Cross by Randa Abdel Fattah. Most of the ones I talked about before are ones that were on the list, but I have some older audiobooks that I also love that I wanted to talk about quickly, like the Diviners series by Libba Bray, which that series is finally all the way done. So you can finally listen to the whole thing. Um, they're narrated by January Lavoy, who is so good. I think I started out reading these books, but they're very heavy. <laughs> Literally. <laughs> yes, they're very long. And I was commuting by the bus and I just got sick of carrying one before I was done reading it. So I eventually listened to the audio and I never went back because she's so good. And there are so many different characters and she has like really great distinct voices for them. Like there are parts where she sings because one of them involves singing Beautiful Dreamer a lot, like, and it just is so good. And I would listen to those all the time. And she's another narrator that like, she's reading it, I'll give it a try. Also, um, Internment by Samira Ahmed, which is so good. I can't remember the name of her narrator. I didn't write it down. But she's narrated all of her books. And this is a book kind of set in the near future about Muslim American girl. And in this, they have rounded up Muslims and put them in internment camps, kind of like the Japanese in World War II. And this audio performance is so good. Like she, it's so emotional and gut-wrenching and you just like feel all of her feelings. And it just, this is a case where I think like the narration like really elevates the text sometimes because sometimes I listen to a book and I'm like, I liked this way more because I listened to it. And I think that was probably the case with this one. Yeah, that's totally a thing sometimes. You're like, I would have put mm -hmm. this down, but. Uh -huh. Yeah, yeah. Because I read some reviews of people who had like clearly read it and they're like, why is she so whiny? And I'm like, I, I felt all those emotional beats with her. And I like, that's how it goes. And like my forever favorite is The Scorpio Races by Maggie Stiefvater. This is one of, like, I oftentimes will listen to an audiobook if I'm rereading it. Oh. And that was the case with this one. Cause it feels like, well, then I'm listening to it while I'm doing other stuff. So I'm not like wasting my reading time. Like, but, and it's narrated by Fiona Hardingham and Steve West. And it's really good. And I just, I, this is one of those books that I've actually listened to multiple times. Wow. Like it's kind of like a perennial favorite and it's, I want to listen to it too, because you just, I just hear those narrators as the characters. Maybe I should try it again this time as audio because I didn't love reading it. So that's a good, isn't it funny too, when you're a book person, how things that go through your mind are wasting your reading time? Because I totally have those right? types of guilt where I'm like, <laughs> I really like this author, but I feel like I'm disrespecting all of the other authors if I read two books by this author. Like how selfish I should spread as if I am like the grand arbiter of books and my opinion <laughs> is going to like move mountains. I'm like, I need to share my influence with people <laughs> as a bookfluencer. <laughs> 
Right. Right. I feel guilty. It's amazing how much people who love books make themselves feel like terrible people. Like, yeah, I'm not reading enough, she said, while listening to her audiobook in one ear and like looking at her book with the with the opposite eye. Like, yeah, only book people feel terrible yes. about how little they read, I think. It's okay. Other people are just like, I read a book. It was good. And that was great. And I'm glad I read it. Right. It's like, oh, I didn't get like 20 book- books read this weekend. Like, I'm a terrible slacker. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Yeah, I once read like all day and then I was sitting in bed and I was like, I'm just going to watch like one episode of a thing. And then I was just like, I haven't read all day and now I'm doing like what a terrible person. (laughs) And other days, too, I'll like go to bed and be like, I didn't read anything today and realize that means that like I only read like 17 articles that people posted on Twitter, but no books. And I'm like, A, that's still reading. B, you know, I had to get Mm -hmm. up at five to go do a thing and I didn't get home till midnight. Like, of course, I didn't read a book. Like. (laughs) Who has time? But we feel terrible. It's okay. (sighs) Okay. Well, I know we could talk about audiobooks for another six hours, but I don't think other people want to hear us talk about audiobooks for six hours. (laughs) But thank you so much for coming. It's so much fun to look at your face on Zoom too. I know. Since we don't live in the same city anymore. So thank you to Jen Zink, the audio editor who makes me sound like I'm flawless, even though I'm definitely not. And that is HeyYA Extra Credit this week. You can find me on Twitter and Instagram at SHGMcLicious. And Emily, where can people find you? I am on Twitter at Emily D. Blazer and Instagram at Emily Blaze with a Z. Nice. Kelly and I will be back next week with a full episode. Until then, happy listening. Happy listening.